The following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Patakaswami Maharaj on May 4th, 1985 at New Orleans, Louisiana. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 7th Canto, Chapter 8, Verse 1. Today, when Lord Nishinga Dev appeared in the world, Lord Nishinga Dev is already dear form of the Lord for the devotees because the Lord assumed this form simply to protect his devotees. Krishna has got unlimited forms, and each of those forms has their own pastimes and qualities and the different forms also have their own devotees. This form of Narasimha Dev, Krishna is especially known as a protector of his devotee. So naturally all the preaching devotees find Lord Narasimha Dev very dear. Also Lord Narasimha Dev was worshipped by Ganesha, the son of Lord Shiva, the great demigod. Ganesha gives benediction that by his mercy, whatever one embarks upon, if they first worship Ganesha, their success by the blessing of Ganesha is assured. He's in charge of success. So, Ganesha got his potency by worshipping the lotus feet of Lord Nishingadev. Lord Nishingadev gives blessings whereby all obstacles in the path of devotional service can be destroyed. We yeah, uh, get the sixth canto on uh, the Narayan cover, so that also is a nice verse about to Lord Nishingadev. So the son of Hiranyakashipu Give a little background. Hiranyakashipu was a great uh, demon. It means he was a very ambitious person, but who had no, who was against. But there's the type of, uh, we are human beings. There are another form of entity known actually as Asuras. There are a race of entities who are, by their nature, they're generally speaking, atheistic, and they're very powerful beings. They're almost as powerful as demigods. And amongst them, Hiranyakashipu was the king. 
So he had performed some great tapasya where he fasted and meditated to such a point that uh, he was able to attract the attention even of Lord Brahma. And so then he asked Lord Brahma for the benediction of immortality. So so Lord Brahma said that it's not possible for him to give immortality because he himself is not immortal. That was quite shocking to Randikachipu because he'd always thought that since uh, Lord uh, Brahma was known as Amor or Deathless, that he was actually immortal. So Lord Brahma explained that he's known as Deathless because compared to the ordinary living entities, his lifespan is so long, literally billions and billions of years. One of his days is four million three hundred thousand years times a thousand. Four billion three hundred thousand years is one day. And he lives three hundred he lives thirty days in a month, twelve months in a year, equally long night, and his lifespan is more or less a hundred years. So with a lifespan like that compared to say an ordinary human being or something, they consider him to be deathless or immortal. But uh, even he said that one day I also die. So by my calculation, my life is only a hundred years. But by your calculation, I'm deathless. So, kind of like if an ant were to calculate the living, the lifespan of a human being, they might consider human beings to be practically immortal. But, uh, or some of those microorganisms. Compared to them, we live forever. But actually, we don't, we, from our own point of view, we know that we only live maximum, say, 100 years, maybe 67, 80 years. So somehow or another, then Hiranyakashipu, he thought, well, if I can't get immortality, then what do I get? So then he asked for the benediction he wouldn't be killed during the day or during the night. He wouldn't be killed on the land, in the air, or in the sea. He couldn't be killed by any weapon. He couldn't be killed by uh, a man or by a animal or by a demigod. That he couldn't be killed by let's see anything else like that. I remember if that was anyway, there were so many conditions he gave. So basically with all of these conditions, he was practically invincible. And so as a result, he was easily able to defeat the demigods and he took, took charge of the entire universe. Lord Brahma stays kind of aloof from the day-to-day activities in the universe. So, Hiranyakashipu took over the kingdom of Lord Indra. So in this way, while he was uh, doing his tapasya, his wife was pregnant and the demigods captured his wife and were going to wait for the child to be born to kill the child. Even though they considered that the son of Hiranyakashipu, the great demon, must be their enemy number one, they would never consider killing the child while in the womb of the mother. According to the law of karma, to abort a child 
is such a grievous sin that they would, even though they're going to kill the child as soon as it was born, the very second, but they wouldn't do it while it was in the womb of the mother. But Narada Muni came and said that his son is a great devotee. You give uh, the mother to me and I take responsibility that this boy will not cause you any harm. He's a great devotee of Vishnu, of Krishna. So because they had implicit faith in uh, Narada Muni, they gave the son to him. So, while Prahlad was in the womb of his mother, Narada Muni was instructing the mother of Hiranyakashipu. And Prahlad could hear all of the instructions. And so he became self-realized even before he was born. His mother subsequently forgot everything, more or less. But Prahlad never forgot. So when he was born, right from his birth, he was 100% Krishna conscious, purely liberated. And his father, of course, was totally inimical to any supreme being. Say so he hated his son because he wanted his son to say that he was God. He wanted his son to worship him, that he was the supreme, that there was no one higher. But uh, his son wouldn't do that. So therefore, he became very inimical to his son and tried to assassinate him to keep his own name, didn't want to kill his own son. So he tried to do it indirectly by poison, by so many different means. But uh, because uh, Prahlad Maharaj was transcendentally situated, he was uh, unable to be destroyed by all of those means. So finally he put the son in the school and just like the modern educational institutions of the world today have been organized simply for teaching the people economic development and atheism. Similarly, Hiranyakashipu's educational institution was totally void of any kind of instruction on God and rather they taught the children that there was no higher reality, that creation, uh, that Existence came simply by the product of uh, accident and sex uh, desire and that there was uh, no higher truth. Simply the goal of life was to earn money and to be happy in this way. Much the same as the modern education, practically identical. So Prahlad Maharaj, when he went into the educational institution, as soon as there was recess or any kind of break, he would start to preach to the other boys that actually, what is the use of this type of education? We are actually eternal and we have eternal relationship with Krishna. And he would engage them in chanting Hare Krishna. So finally, all of these uh, students who were trying to be trained to be very useful demons uh, in the society of Hiranyakashipu, who would simply work hard without any consideration of any higher reality, uh, they were all becoming devotees. So the teachers, they came and gave a report to Hiranyakashipu that his son was turning everyone into pure devotees of the Lord. Sri Narada Uvacha Atadaitya Sutta Sarave Sutva Tadanuvarnitam Jagrihur Niravadyatvan Naiva Gurva Nusikshitam Narada Muni continued, all the sons of the demons appreciated the transcendental instructions of Prahlad Maharaj and took them very seriously. 
they rejected the materialistic instructions given by their teachers. Shanda and Amarka. Purport states that how this is the effect of preaching of a pure devotee like Prahlad Maharaj. If a devotee is qualified, sincere and serious about Krishna consciousness and if he follows the instructions of a bona fide spiritual master, as Prahlad did, Maharaj did when he was when preaching the instructions he had received from Narada Muni, his preaching is effective. As it is said in the Srimad Bhagavatam 3.25.25 Satang prasangan mamavidya shangvido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kota If one tries to understand the discourses given by the sat or pure devotees, those instructions will be very pleasing to the ear and appealing to the heart. Thus, if one is inspired to take to Krishna consciousness and if one practices the process in his life, he is surely successful in returning home back to Godhead. By the grace of Prahlad Maharaj, all his class friends, the sons of the demons, became Vaishnavas, pure devotees. They did not like hearing from their so-called teachers Shanda and Amarka, who were interested only in teaching them about diplomacy, politics, economic development, and similar topics meant exclusively for sense gratification. Atachajo sutastesan buddhing ekanta sangstitam alaksha bhitastvarito rajnya avedayat yata. Translation. Arshanda and Amarka, the sons of Sukracharya, observed that all the students, the sons of the demons, were becoming advanced in Krishna consciousness because of the association of Halad Maharaja. They were afraid. They approached the king of the demons and described the situation as it was. The words purport is that the words Budhing Ekanta Shangshti Tam indicate that as an effect of Prahlad Maharaj's preaching, the students who listened to him became fixed in the conclusion that Krishna consciousness is the only object of human life. The fact is that anyone who associates with a pure devotee and follows his instructions becomes fixed in Krishna consciousness and it's not disturbed by material conscious, materialistic consciousness. The teachers particularly observed this in their students, and therefore they were afraid because the whole community of students was gradually becoming Krishna consciousness. In other words, the students were no longer being disturbed by all the material situations that were coming up. They were becoming very fixed and peaceful in their mind, and they were spontaneously engaging in devotional service. When the demonic teachers saw that, then they became very concerned that if this continues, there'll be some frightful situation for atheism in the world. The same thing was observed in uh, Russia by the leaders that their people were practicing Krishna consciousness. Uh, and as a result, although India is their ally in so many ways, their friend, but because they saw that Krishna consciousness was uh, very effectively making the people uh, give up atheism and become God-conscious in a, in a very dynamic way that uh, they clamped down so bad that even uh, highly placed people who were being Krishna conscious, like editors of newspapers and others, were all put uh, into their uh, reconditioning chambers and psychiatric uh, help. That's what they called it. Kind of prisons and torture chambers that they have. We're very sorry for those devotees that have to endure this type of trials. And only pray that the Lord Nishingadev will protect them.
But we know that in the long run they will not be able to stop the progress of Krishna consciousness. Although they're doing their best to just try to do so. Kopavesha chalat gatra putrang hantung manodadhe kshiptva parushaya vacha paradham atadarhanam ahekshamana papena tiraschinena chakshusha prasrayavanatarang dantang baddhanchaling avastitam sarpa parahata eva Translation. When Hiranyakashipu understood the entire situation, he was extremely angry, so much so that his body trembled. Thus he finally decided to kill his son, Prahlad. Hiranyakashipu was by nature very cruel, and feeling insulted, he began hissing like a snake trampled upon by someone's foot. His son, Prahlada, was peaceful, mild, and gentle. His senses were under control, and he stood before Hiranyakashipu with folded hands. According to Prahlada's age and behavior, he was not to be chastised. Yet with staring, crooked eyes, Hiranyakashipu rebuked him with the following harsh words. Report. Mashula Prabhupada. When one is impudent toward a highly authorized devotee, one is punished by the laws of nature. The duration of his life is diminished and he loses the blessings of superior persons and the results of pious activities. Hiranyakashipu, for example, had achieved such great power in the material world that he could subdue practically all the planetary systems in the universe, including the heavenly planet Swargaloka. He had now, because of his mistreatment of such a Vaishnava as Prahlad Maharaj, all the results of his tapasya, Tapasya means austerities. Diminished. In other words, he had done so many austerities to get those uh, <coughs> blessings to be able to practically be immortal. But now the results of all his austerities had diminished because of his offenses against the great Vaishnava, Prahlada Maharaj. As stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam 10.446, Ayusriyanyaso dharmam Lokanasisha evacha hanti sreyansi sarvani pungsho mahadatikrama. Translation. When one mistreats great souls, his lifespan, opulence, reputation, religion, possessions, and good fortune are all destroyed. Sri Hiranyakashipur Uvacha. He durvinita mandatman. Kula bheda karadhama stabdhang matcha sanodvitram neshye tvadya yamakshayam. Translation. Hiranyakashipu said, O most impudent, most unintelligent disruptor of the family, O lowest of mankind, you have violated my power to rule you. And therefore you are an obstinate fool. Today I shall send you to the place of Jamaraj. Jamaraj is the superintendent of death. Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur, he's taken the thing word by word and shown how all the things that Hiranyakashipu said 
in why which were all very offensive derogatory statements were actually uh, can be understood in a different perspective and he got a blessing from the goddess of learning Saraswati to be able to understand the meanings of the word uh, they're like esoteric meaning how actually in the sense that Prahlad Maharaj whatever was said about him was true if you see them from that perspective he was uh, accused as being Dorvinita or ungentle, uncivilized, impudent. So, if you divide the word up, Du means the material world, which is called Dukalaya or the place of material suffering. And Vi means Vishesh or specifically. Nita means brought in. So by the mercy of the Supreme Lord, Prahlad Maharaj was especially brought to this material world to teach people how to get out of the material condition. Dorvinita. You divide up Sanskrit words, they have different meanings. So the root meaning, Dorvinita, is one who has come into this material world of suffering in order to deliver the people. But the obtruse meaning is ungentle, uncivilized, impudent. Then the next Mandatma. So, this is sloka. Manda means very bad or slow in spiritual realization. In the Bhagavatam, there's a sloka. Manda sumanda matayo manda bhagya. So actually, what this means is that those who are very uh, slow in spiritual life or manda, for them, Prahlad Maharaj is the perfect guide. Mandatma actually means he's the guide of those who are manda. In other words, he'll deliver those who are otherwise very unfortunate. Kula Bheda Karadham is uh, Kula Bheda Karadham literally means uh, or bringing about a disruption in the family. So what they mean is the Prahlad is so great that even great personalities who are established in big, big families compared to him, they seem very insignificant because he was so great. Because uh, normally people are very interested in their own families and they want to make their own dynasties very famous. But Prahlad Maharaj was so liberal, he didn't care make a distinction between one living entity or another. He actually had uh, his mercy on everyone. So therefore, he's greater than those people who are concerned about their dynasties because he was universal in his outlook. Stubdham means obstinate. So they agree with that. They said that since the devotee doesn't care for the instructions of the asuras, the demons, when they get such instructions, the devotees remain silent because the devotee only cares about the instructions of Krishna, not the instructions of demons or non-devotees. So even though his father, so he, uh, Prabhupada said, he does not even give any respect to a demon, even though the demon be his father. Prahlad Maharaj was disobedient to the orders of his demoniac father. That's already explained. And Yamakshayam, every conditioned soul is under the control of Yamaraj. But Hiranyakashipu said that he considered Prahlad Maharaj his deliverer. 
for Prahlad would stop Hiranyakashipu's repetition of birth and death. Actually, Hiranyakashipu wanted to be immortal, but by his material intelligence, he couldn't become immortal. But because he's going to be killed by Krishna himself in his form as Narasimha, uh, while you keep being killed by the Lord, you achieve liberation. So in that way, he becomes immortal. That's simply by the mercy. So it says here, Prahlad Maharaj would stop Hiranyakashipu's repetition of birth and death. So this way, Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explained all these words in a very interesting way, as they can be inter- interpreted from the side of Saraswati, the mother of learning. Hiranyakashipu goes on with his saying, My son Prahlad, you rascal! You know that when I am angry, all the planets of the three worlds tremble along with their chief rulers. By whose power has a rascal like you become so impudent that you appear fearless? Demons can't stand it if people appear fearless. They want people to cow down and to shake before them. So he's saying, how is it that you become so impudent that you appear fearless and overstep my power to rule you? Hiranyakasipu was perplexed how his five-year-old boy could be so fearless he did not care for the order of his great and powerful father. Devotee cannot execute the order of anyone except the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the position of a devotee. Hiranyakashipu could understand that his boy must have been very powerful since the boy did not heed his uh, orders. So Hiranyakashipu asked his son, King Bala, how have you overcome my order? By whose strength have you done this? Remember that he tried to have other people kill Prahlad in so many ways and to dominate him. But Prahlad, he was very, he went to school, he did everything that wasn't in contravention with his devotional service. But nonetheless, Hiranyakashipu could understand that he was somehow or another always avoiding coming under his absolute dominion. So he was puzzled. Where did this power come from? Prahlad Maharaj said, Prahlad Maharaj said, My dear king, the source of my strength, of which you are asking, is also the source of yours. Indeed, the original source of all kinds of strength is one. He is not only your strength or mine, but the only strength for everyone. Without him, no one can get any strength, whether moving or not moving, superior or inferior. Everyone, including Lord Brahma, is controlled by the strength of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the Bhagavad Gita also uh, Krishna said that know that all beautiful, glorious and mighty creations spring from but a spark of my splendor. Everything is coming from Krishna. All strength is only coming from Him. Saiswara kala urukramo sab ojasahasattabalendriyatma Saeva Viswanga Paramaswasakti Bhi Sri Jatyavatyati Gunatrayesa Translation The Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the Supreme Controller and Time Factor 
is the power of the senses, the power of the mind, the power of the body, and the vital force of the senses. His influence is unlimited. He is the best of all living entities, the controller of the three modes of material nature. By his own power, he creates this cosmic manifestation, maintains it, and annihilates it also. Report, since the material world is being moved by the three material modes, and since the Lord is their master, the Lord can create, maintain, and destroy the material worlds. Jaya surang bhava mimang tvamatmana Samanga mano datswa nasanti vidvisha Rite jitadatmana utpate stitat Taddihyanantasya mahat samarhanam Translation, Prahlad Maharaj continued, My dear father, please give up your demoniac mentality. Do not discriminate in your heart between enemies and friends. Make your mind equiposed toward everyone. Except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind, there is no enemy within this world. When one sees everyone on the platform of equality, one then comes to the position of worshipping the Lord perfectly. Dasyun purashan na vijityalumpato Manyanta Prahlad continued, In former times there were many fools like you who did not conquer the six enemies that steal away the wealth of the body. These fools were very proud thinking I have conquered all enemies in all the ten directions. But if a person is victorious over the six enemies, and is equipoised toward all living entities. For him there are no enemies. Enemies are merely imagined by one in ignorance. Sri Hiranyakashipur Uvacha Vaktang twang martu kamo si yo timatang vikathase Momoshunang hi mandatman nanusyor viklavagira Hiranyakashipur replied, You rascal! You are trying to minimize my value, as if you were better than me at controlling the senses. This is over-intelligence. I can therefore understand that you desire to die at my hands, for this kind of nonsensical talk is indulged in by those about to die. Report. It is said in Hitopadesha. Upadesha hi morkanam. Prakopaya na santa ye. If good instructions are given to a foolish person, he does not take advantage of them, but becomes more and more angry. Prahlad Maharaj's instructions to his father were not accepted by Hiranyakashi to his truth. Instead, Hiranyakashi became increasingly angry at his great son, who was a pure devotee. This kind of difficulty always exists when a devotee preaches Krishna consciousness to persons like Hiranyakashi Hiranya means... Gold in Kashipu means soft beds. Just as a, oh, he already explained it here. Uh, who are interested, like a persons like Hirani Kashipu, who are interested in money and women. The word Hirani means gold, and Kashipu refers to cushions, a good bedding. Moreover, a father does not like to be instructed by his son, especially if the father is a demon. Prahlad Maharaj's Vaishnava preaching to his demonic father was indirectly effective. For because of Hiranyakashipu's excessive jealousy of Krishna and his devotee, he was inviting Nishringadev to kill him very quickly. Thus he was expediting his being killed by the Lord himself. 
Although Hiranyakashipu was a demon, he is described here by the added word Sri. Why? The answer is that fortunately he had such a great son as Pallad Maharaj. Thus, although he was a demon, he, could atta- he would attain salvation and return home back to Godhead. Yastvaya manda bhagyokto mad anyo jagariswara sasarvatra kasmat stambhe nadrishyate Translation O most fortunate Prahlad, most unfortunate Prahlad, you have always described a supreme being other than me, a supreme being who is above everything, who is the controller of everyone, and who is all-pervading. But where is he? If he is everywhere, then why is he not present before me in this pillar? Purport. Demons sometimes declare that a devote, to a devotee that they cannot accept the existence of God because they cannot see him. But what the demon does not know is stated by the Lord himself in Bhagavad Gita. I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them I am covered by my yoga maya. The Lord is open to being seen by the devotees, but the non-devotees cannot see him. So hang vikattamanasya sirakaya dharamite gopayeta yadistvadya yaste saranam ipsitam Translation Because you are speaking so much nonsense, I shall now sever your body from your head. Excuse me, sever your head from your body. Now let me see your most worshipable God come to protect you. I want to see it. Report, demons always think that the God of the devotees is fictitious. They think that there is no God and the so-called religious feeling of the devotee is devotion to God is quite an opiate, a kind of illusion like the illusions derived from LSD and opium. Hiranyakashipu did not believe Prahlad Maharaj when Prahlad asserted that his Lord was present everywhere because Hiranyakashipu is a typical demon, as a typical demon, was convinced that there is no God and that no one could protect Prahlad, he felt encouraged to kill his son. He challenged the idea that the devotee is always protected by the Supreme Lord. Cursing him again and again, Hiranyakashipu took up his sword, got up from his royal throne, and with great anger struck his fist against the column. Tadaiva tasmin ninado dhibi shano bhabhuva yenanda kadahang asvutat yangvai swadishnyo pagatang sa ajjadaya sudva swadamata yananga menire. Translation. Then from within the pillar came a fearful sound which appeared to crack the covering of the universe. Oh my dear Yudhishthir, this sound reached even the abodes of the demigods like Lord Brahma and when the demigods heard it they thought, oh, now our planets are being destroyed. Report. As we sometimes become very much afraid at the sound of a thunderbolt, perhaps thinking that our houses will be destroyed, the great demigods like Lord Brahma feared the thundering sound that came from the pillar in front of Hiranyakashipu. Savikraman putra vadep surojasa nisamya nihradham apurvam adbhutam anta sabhayangna dadarsatat padam vitatra suryena surari yuttapa. 
Translation. While showing his extraordinary prowess, Hiranyakashipu, who desired to hear kill his own son, heard that wonderful tumultuous sound which had never before been heard. Upon hearing the sound, the leaders of the demons were afraid. None of them could find the origin of that sound in the assembly. In the Bhagavad Gita 7.8, Krishna explains himself by saying, Sabda ke Purusham Vishu I am the sound in ether and the ability in man. Here the Lord exhibited his presence everywhere by the tumultuous sound in the sky, Sabda ke. The tumultuous thundering sound was proof of the Lord's presence. The demons like Hiranyakashipu could now realize the supreme ruling power of the Lord and thus Hiranyakashipu became afraid. However powerful a man may be, he always fears the sound of a thunderbolt. Similarly, Hiranyakashipu and all the demons who were his associates were extremely afraid because of the presence of the Supreme Lord in the form of sound. He could not trace out the source of the sound. Satyang vidatung nijabritya vashitang vyapsing chabute shwakile shuchatmana adrishyatyat Translation. To prove that the statement of his servant, Prahlad Maharaj, was substantial. In other words, to prove that the Supreme Lord is present everywhere, even within the pillar of an assembly hall. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, exhibited a wonderful form never before seen. The form was neither that of a man nor that of a lion. Thus the Lord appeared in his wonderful form in the assembly hall. So the Prabhupada explains that when Hiranyakashipu asked Prahlad Maharaj, where is your Lord? Is he present in this pillar? Prahlad Maharaj fearlessly replied, yes, my Lord is present everywhere. Therefore, to convince Hiranyakashipu that the statement of Prahlad Maharaj was unmistakably true, the Lord appeared from the pillar the Lord appeared as half lion and half man so that Hiranyakashipu could not understand whether the great giant was a lion or a human being. To substantiate Prahlada's statement, the Lord proved that his devotee as declared in the Bhagavad Gita is never vanquished. Prahlada Maharaj Jimaniak Father Kunteya Pratijani Hi Name Bhakta Pranashyati Prahlad Maharaj Demonic Father had repeatedly threatened to kill Prahlad, but Prahlad was confident that he could not be killed since he was protected by the Supreme Lord. By appearing from the pillar, the Lord encouraged his devotees, saying in effect, Don't worry, I am present here. By manifesting his form as Nushingha Deva, the Lord also preserved the truth of Lord Brahma's promise that Hiranyakashipu was not to be killed by any animal or by any man. The Lord appeared in a form that could not be said to be fully a man or a lion. Sasatvanginam parito vipasyang sambhasya madhyana nunirjihanam nayang mrigo napinaro vichitang aho king etangri megendarupam. While Hiranyakashipu looked all around to find the source of the sound, that wonderful form of the Lord, which could not be ascertained to be either a man or a lion, emerged from the pillar in amazement. 
Hiranyakashipu wondered, what is this creature that is half man and half lion? Some of the purport, the demon cannot calculate the unlimited potency of the Lord. For demon it is certainly wonderful that a form of a lion and a form of a man can be united. Since a demon has no experience of the inconceivable power for which the Supreme Lord is called all-powerful, demons cannot understand the omnipotence of the Lord. They simply compare the Lord to one of them. Mudhas think that Krishna is an ordinary human being who appears for the benefit of other human beings. Fools, rascals, and demons cannot realize the supreme potency of the Lord, but he can do anything and everything. Indeed, he can do whatever he likes. When Hiranyakashipa received benedictions from Lord Brahma, he thought that he was safe. Since he received the benediction that he would not be killed either by an animal or by a human being, he never thought that an animal and human being could be combined, so that demons like him would be puzzled by such a form. This is the meaning of the Supreme Personality of Godhead's omnipotence. It's a translation. Hiranyakashipu studied the form of the Lord, trying to decide who the form of Nishinghadev standing before him was. The Lord's form was extremely fearsome because of his many eyes, which resembled molten gold. His shining mane, which expanded the dimensions of his fearful face, his deadly teeth, and his razor-sharp tongue, which moved about, about like a dueling sword. His ears were erect and motionless, and his nostrils and gaping mouth appeared like caves of a mountain. His jaws parted fearfully, and his entire body touched the sky. His neck was very short and thick, his chest broad and his waist thin, and the hairs on his body as white as the rays of the moon. His arms, which resembled flanks of soldiers, spread in all directions as he killed the demons, rogues, and atheists with his conch-shell dust club, lotus, and other natural weapons. Vrukhuti-mukul-banam-tabdhur-dvakarnangidikandaradbhuta-vyatasya-nasang-hanubeda-bhishanam-divi-sprishat-kayam-radir-gapevara Vrivodu-vakṣa-stalam-alpa-madhyamam Prayenamayanghalinonurumayinamayanghalinonurumayinavathasmitonenasamudhyatenakhinevangsprubangstvabhayatadevangbhubangstvabhayapadadgadayudho Lord Vishnu, who possesses great mystic power, has made this plan to kill me. What is the use of such an attempt? Who can kill me? Thinking like this and taking up his club, Hiranyakashipu attacked the Lord like an elephant into fire and the insignificant creature becomes invisible. 
When Hiranyakashipu attacked the Lord, he was full of effulgence. Hiranyakashipu became invisible. This is not at all astonishing, for the Lord is always situated in pure goodness. Formerly during creation, he entered the dark universe and illuminated it by his spiritual emotions. Thereafter, the great demon Hiranyakashipu was extremely angry, swiftly attacked Nishingadeva with his club and began to beat him. Lord Nishingadeva however, captured the great demon along with his club, just as Garuda might capture a great king. O Judasthir, O great son of Bharata, when Lord Nishingadeva gave Hiranyakashipu a chance to slip from his hand, just as Garuda sometimes plays with a snake and lets it slip from his mouth, the demigods who had lost their bows and who were hiding behind the clouds for fear of the demon did not consider that incident very good. Indeed, they were very, they were good. The demigods were worried because Hiranyakashipu uh, could see that they're all hiding and looking very eagerly to see him die. So if he escapes, death from Shingabe, who's going to take revenge on him? When Hiranyakashipu was freed from the hands of Nishingadeva, he falsely thought that the Lord was afraid of his prowess. Therefore, after taking a little rest from the fight, he took up his sword and shield and again attacked the Lord with great force. Report. When a sinful man enjoys material facilities, foolish people sometimes think, how is it that this sinful man is enjoying whereas the pious man is suffering? By the will of the Supreme, the sinful man is sometimes given the chance to enjoy the material world as if he were not under the clutches of material nature, just so that he, he may be fooled. A sinful man who acts against the laws of nature must be punished, but sometimes he is given a chance to play, exactly like Hiranyakashipu when he was released from the hands of Nishinyadev. Hiranyakashipu was destined to be ultimately killed by Nishinyadev, but just to see the fun, the Lord gave him a, split, a chance to slip from the hands. Translation. Making a loud, shrill sound of laughter, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayana, who was extremely strong and powerful, captured Hiranyakashipu, who was protecting himself with his sword and shield, leaving no gaps open. With the speed of a hawk, Hiranyakashipu moved sometimes in the sky and sometimes on the earth, his eyes closed because of fear of Nishingadev's laughter. In other words, Hiranyakashipu had mystic power, so he didn't have, he could also fly in the sky. Hearing Nishingadev's laughter was very free. As a snake captures a mouse, or Garuda captures a very venomous snake, Lord Nishingadev captured Hiranyakashipu could not be pierced even by the thunderbolt of King Indra. As Hiranyakashipu moved his limbs here and there and all around, very much afflicted at being captured, Lord Nishingadev placed the demon on his lap, supporting him with his thighs. And in the doorway of the assembly hall, the Lord very easily tore the demon to pieces with the nails of his hand. Hiranyakashipu had been exactly like a fever of meningitis in the head of the three worlds. Thus, when the wives of the demons, demigods, in the heavenly planet saw that the great demon had been killed by the personal hands of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, their faces blossomed in great joy. 
The wives of the demigods again and again showered flowers in heaven upon Lord Nishinya Deva as rain. So, this is how Lord Nishinya Deva appeared in this universe in the previous age. Lord Nishinya Deva is glorified by Pallad Maharaj. Vidikshu Dikshur Dvam Atha Samantad Antar Bahir Bhagavan Narasingha Parapayam Loka Bhoyam Swanenam Sotejasagrasta Samastateja Translation Prahlad Maharaj loudly chanted the holy name of the Lord Narasingha Dev. May Lord Narasingha Dev, roaring for his devotee Prahlad Maharaj, protect us from all fear of dangers created by stalwart leaders in all directions. Through poison, weapons, water, fire, air, and so on. May the Lord cover their influence by His own transcendental influence. May Lord Nishinghadev protect us in all directions and in all corners, above, below, within, and without. So, actually, those peaceful persons who are very much in the bodily concept of life, They sometimes when we hear all these descriptions of violence, my Lord, they they get affected. They think, what is this? But you should not be on the bodily concept of life. You should see things in reality. On the transcendental platform, the Lord is all good. Because there are demons who are always out to try to harass and torture the devotees, so the Lord protects such devotees who are purely dedicated to Him. But even in doing so, the demons are also benedicted, because anyone who leaves their body by the hand of the Lord doesn't have to take birth again. So, most demons, they just are part-time demons. They blaspheme the Lord and they criticize, but they're also absorbed in so many other things. But Hirani Kashipu was a very unusual demon in that he was completely obsessed with hatred towards God. So much so that he was able to attract the Lord himself to kill him. Sometimes a person is so fixed in thinking of the Lord day and night, even in hatred, and because the Lord is all good, even if a person thinks of the Lord in hatred, it's good for them in in one sense. Although it's not considered devotion, devotional service is described as anukulena, Krishnanasilinam. Anukulena means favorably performed. So we should try to worship and think of the Lord constantly, but not in anger or fear or hatred, but rather in devotion, love, faith, and uh servitude, then we can also enjoy the same type of protection that Prahlad Maharaj did by the mercy of Prahlad Maharaj and Lord Nishingadev. Also, we can cross over the obstacles in this material world. And ultimately reach the spiritual world. Uh, I heard that in one of the court cases against the Krishna conscious movement, they brought in a picture of Lord Nishingadev 
And they said, here's the father killer. Here's the Lord that they worship. They teach their children that the uh, parents should be killed. Something like that. Um, I know that when Prabhupada had devotees go to court, he wanted that they should preach very dynamically, but for some reason, whoever was organizing the case, the defense, was a little bit shy. I think that if they're going to bring in some, they just objected that this uh, is out of order, that uh, and they had the evidence taken out. But if they're going to introduce evidence like that, then at least the jury should have been exposed to two, three weeks of constant Bhagavatam classes on the stand, explaining the whole entire history. And, uh, you know, with different people testifying and uh, explaining, and different people giving a Bhagavatam class, since the defense is allowed to bring as many witnesses as they want, I think if they would have done that, at least uh, it would have been a very nice case record for all the appeal courts to read in the future. Since every word has to be stenographed, right? And uh, maybe somewhere there was any uh, devotee there in the jury or in the subsequent appeal courts they might be able to see that this is not the outlook of the Krishna conscious movement, but this is uh, the scripture which uh, is the history of this world, and we believe that this happened many millions of years ago, and that the significance of it is nothing uh, very horrendous, but something that any God-fearing, God-loving person could uh, appreciate the basic underlying principles. And in every uh, tradition you find uh, a similar kind of uh, instructions. You see in the Bible that there were uh, statements where the Lord said that uh, wasn't it uh, Sodom and Gomorrah that they have to leave their friends and relatives because they have become sinful and not look back, not be attached, but be fully fixed in God. And when they left, and I think it was Sanama turned back out of attachment, turned into a pillar of salt or something like that. Huh? One of them, anyway. Maybe I got the stories mixed up. I'm not a real prominent in the Bible, but uh, I've been studying the Hades for so many years. But there are so many examples like that. I think there was another thing that they There were some other tests where God tested uh, even the people in the Bible that where was their devotion? Was it more for their material uh, relation or was it for uh, Him? So, the traditions are there, maybe not so uh, detailed, uh, explained in such great detail, but the basic underlying principle is there that if it's brought down to the bottom line, are you going to accept me or God? Then the devotee will accept God, will accept the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And if because of that the devotee is going to be tortured, well, he still can't compromise that principle under any cause. 
Maybe it was even Lord Jesus was uh, offered the entire world by Satan or something like that. There's another history like that. And of course, he didn't accept. Said. So, Hiranyakashipu was saying, you're my son, I'll give you the entire universe. You just surrender to me. You just do whatever I say. And his son said that you're, it's not your universe to give. It already belongs to God. Why do you keep saying these same foolish things? And so his father, of course, became very inimical to his son. I don't see how anyone in a God-conscious context could find anything wrong with what Pallad Maharaj did. But of course, these like anti-cult uh, reprogramming people, they play on the ignorance of the people and they only present, of course, half-truths. And it's unfortunate, so we hope that sometime in the future that uh, well, we don't ever hope for any kind of such uh, antagonism for anyone. But if it comes to that, at least we hope that if there is ever any kind of situation that the Krishna conscious devotees would have an opportunity always to present in its entirety what is the actual Vedic viewpoint? What is the spiritual viewpoint? So at least anyone uh, who hears that would have at least the opportunity to be purified by hearing those transcendental lessons. See, people shouldn't be obsessed by the superficial, by the physical. Sometimes the people, they don't like this type of violent expression. But in the hands of Krishna, it's not violent because there are criminals in the world. There are demons or people who are dedicated to their own sense gratification, even at the cost of being very cruel and violent against others. So there also has to be that counter uh, force of power which defends. In the spiritual world, there is non-violence and it's purity. There's no uh, discouraging word. There's no discordant note. So this is the material world and there are two kinds of entities. Those who are followed by the rules and those who try to make their own rules. So those who make their own rules step on other people's toes. And when they get too much out of hand, they have to be brought into line. If they can't be brought into line by anybody else, and if finally they also try to torture the devotees, then the Lord himself takes an interest. Otherwise, he doesn't take an interest and such people are able to be tyrants up to the point where and so their good karmas are worn out, and then again they have to take another birth according to their newly accumulated sinful karmas. So this is one side of the story. The other side is, of course, that Lord Nishingadev is so merciful to his devotees that although he's so fearful for the non-devotees that he's actually very attractive and very merciful to the devotees. Just like the police are hated by criminals, but if you're an honest citizen and your house is being burglarized or something and if the police come in and actually save you, you don't consider police to be very bad. So it simply depends on which side of the law you're on that the authority of police would be considered to be relatively fearful or welcome. So, if we get on the good side of Lord Nishimadev, then he doesn't appear to be very fearful at all. 
But if you're on the wrong side of Nishmiya Dev, then he's very fearful. I'm sure. Hare Krishna. So today, Lord Nishmiya Dev appears at sunset. That's the time when he appears, neither a day nor a night. This is routine day and night, twilight. Of course, because of daylight saving time, so many manipulations, because we're very far on the northern hemisphere, the sun twilight here is very late. So generally, just as the international standard, if all of it in some parts of Sweden probably have to pass for about two months. <laughs> During the midnight sun. <laughs> so, um, Generally, we kind of follow the Mayapur mean time, which sun rises at this time of the year at 6 o'clock, and observe the fast event. Of course, if someone has to do some preaching of service and starts to feel dizzy due to fasting, then uh, for doing their service, they could take uh, some fruits or some uh, juice and not or something like that, just to, uh, so they don't... Uh, keel over anything. Service is more important. This is the general procedure that's followed. And then after Lord Nishimadeva appears, and the devotees take her. In the Mayapur, we have Shaligram Shilas who perform the Abhishek and the Shaligram Shilas today. We have Nishimha Shilas. That's the long system we do. They observe a fast up to the period when that point when the Lord appeared, because Lord Krishna appears at midnight, we fast at midnight, because Radharani appeared at noon, we fast at noon. Because Lord Nisananda appeared at noon, Lord Ram appeared at noon, we generally fast at noon. The Lord Chaitanya appeared at moonrise, we fast until the moon rises. Because Lord Nishina appears at twilight, we generally fast until twilight. Like this. It's not, it's, it's a rhyme to the, the method to the madness of this thing. This system highly passes at different times, different incarnations. It's actually because Lord Nishimya Dev is one of the incarnations of Krishna, we could glorify all of the incarnations like Varaha, Kurma, Matsya. It's not that, uh, you see, there are many gods, but there's only one Lord, but He appears in different forms. And Nishingadev is one of those forms of the Lord. It's the same Lord, but just like we have different moods, He has different forms. And the forms that He can assume are limited. That's the meaning of all omnipotent, all powerful. Not that He can have no form, but that He can have unlimited forms. And each of them can be as good as the other, and yet none of them are subject to the limitations that material forms have. Materialists like to think, well, how can God be a person who form it? They think that people are all limited. They're all imperfect. So therefore, God is perfect. Therefore, he has no form. That's the imperfect conclusion by an imperfect mind. That the Lord is formless in the sense that he has no material form. He's Mirguna in the sense he is above material qualities. That he has his own spiritual form, which is unlimited, 
omnipotent, omnipresence. So in this pastime of Lord Nishinya, they many of the glories and mysteries of the Lord are revealed. How he is simultaneously present everywhere, how he is, is all-knowing and all-understanding, how he is all-powerful, how he is the protector of his glories. Have any questions? He couldn't figure out. No, he knew he was Vishnu. But he thought that he could kill Vishnu also. Hiranyakashi, whose brother was Hiranyakshi, who had been killed by Vishnu. He knew there was Vishnu, but he thought that just like so many people think Vishnu is the eighth avatar Vishnu, or Vishnu is one of the deities. Yes, you could say he thought Vishnu was another living entity. He didn't recognize that Vishnu was the Supreme Lord. He knew he was the most powerful of the living entities, but he thought that he himself was more powerful. The Shingadev appeared. He suspected this is Vishnu. Because he's kind of in disguise, trying to trick me without him. Yes? The days are mentioned. They're mentioned according to the lunar calendar. We mentioned that, like Lord Nishinga appeared on the Chatur Dasi Gaur Paksha. That means the 14th day of the uh, rising moon lunar cycle. And then they'll give the month in which this occurs. So because the day is actually full moon day, a lunar cycle day, as I mentioned earlier this morning, someone was, is less than 24 hours. So sometimes one entire lunar titi, a lunar day, uh, falls within a 24-hour period and they calculate which solar day, because we live in solar days, but for the sake of these religious programs we follow the lunar days lunar calendar for the sake of uh, knowing which day which solar day to observe it at the time of the sunrise whatever lunar day it falls within that's what we observe so it happened that yesterday was the 13th because at the sunrise it was the 13th day of the lunar cycle but immediately after the 13th day, the 14th day began. And then today started on the 15th day or the full moon day. So like the 14th disappeared. So as a result, we're observing the Shinga Chatsudasa the day after. That's the rule. It mentions in the calendar. Yesterday technically showed up as the 13th. Today is the 15th. The 15th means full moon. There's 30 days. 
Just like Lord Ram Nomi. He came on the, it's usually even on the name. It's Nushinga Chatur Dasi. Chatur means four, Dasi means ten, fourteen. Just like in the Katorsi in Spanish, Chatur Dasi. Ram Navami. Navami means the ninth. Rad Ashtami. Ashtami means the eighth. So right in the name, just so everybody remembers, they say, say Krishnashtami, Janmashtami. The eighth day. Vijoy Dasami. The tenth day. When Lord Ram had victory over Ravana. Every festival it's always described by the lunar day that it falls on. So everyone knows that Nushingha Dev appears in the Chaturdasi. Nityananda Triodasi. Triodasi means Triyo means three. Dasi means ten. Triodasi. The thirteenth day. So that thirteenth day in the lunar calendar where Lord Nityananda's appearance is celebrated, that's called Nityananda Triodasi. Or Nityananda thirteenth. Anarupa? No, Prabhupada said in one purport that we shouldn't think that uh, only a devotee can become a demon to fight with the Lord. It's not that a devotee has to fall down and become a demon so the Lord can kill him. Although sometimes, for some pastime, that might happen. But that's not the rule. That's the exception. But somehow they got some good fortune. I'm sure there is one, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. The covetous are for devotees who are not pure devotees. Generally, they use the covetous because by mantra, then they're uh, invoking the protection of the Lord, even though they're not conscious and pure. But for a pure devotee, even without kavacha, they're pure, they're protected, so they don't need to involve kavachas. Kavacha means shield or armor, instead of mantra armor. By mantra, a person can be very safe, protected by armor. Yeah? Why not? Thank you, sir.